welcome to another episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fadal. I'd like to say it's early in the morning, so nobody's up yet, but that would be a lie. (laughs) I am sitting in my living room. I've lit just about every candle in our house, and I'm trying to center myself because this time of year can be difficult. Maybe it's not difficult for you, and if that is the case... I'm very, I'm very jealous and very happy for you. But for a lot of us, it is a lot of emotional bombardment, triggering, traumatic conversations, um, memories coming up that make it really difficult to just enjoy this time and not be braced for either another shooter drop or another difficult conversation. So if that's the case for you, you're not alone. And if that's not the case for you, that's amazing. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about my experience right now and what I'm doing to try to get through. And full disclosure, it sometimes feels like barely hanging on. (laughs) So... I want to remind everybody the land that I'm on was not given up. It's the unceded land of the Multnomah, Wasco, Calitz, Tualatin, Kalapuya, Malala, Clackamas, Bands of Chinook, and many other tribes who made their homes along the Columbia River in Portland, where I live. So, tie your shoes, or untie your shoes and put your feet up. And I hope that this episode helps. For those of you that have followed me for a while, listening to the podcast or through Instagram, or those of you that follow me on Facebook, if anybody even does that anymore, um... You will know that most of what I do is try to unpack difficult emotions, try to come up with skills and things that we can put in our back pocket that will help us navigate our own selves and then our own selves out in the world and with our families or friends or, you know, whatever. All the ways that we are encountering not just ourselves, but others, and the bump up against ourselves with other people. Typically, the most painful are our family of origin because they have a certain idea about us and the way that we navigated our growing up Um, that maybe they haven't let go of, but doesn't reflect who we actually are because it's the role that we played in our families to survive. Or, it you know, whatever, it worked. And it doesn't work anymore, and we've done the work of therapy, we've done the work of reading, we've done the work of self-reflection to start to shift that narrative in ourselves. And the reason that family is so painful so often is because they're still seeing us that way. 
And it's possible that they haven't done the work to change. Or it might also be possible that we see them as they were. And we haven't um, allowed them to shift and change. I think for the most part, with parents and grandparents and extended family, um, they just see us as we were, you know, the child that we were, not the adult that we are now. And, and that's probably true for my own relationships with my own children, is I am trying to see them as the adults that they are, or the adults that they are moving into. I have a 21-year-old and a 19-year-old, both of them just about to turn into a 20-year-old and a 22-year-old. And so there is this back and forth that happens. And we have very open lines of communication. We taught our kids very early on, or at least we tried to, how to negotiate for what they want or, you know, if they don't want what we're offering to at least try to do a back and forth to get more of what they want because we weren't taught to to negotiate. And then we're shocked that you could just ask for something you want. Um, so I'm not saying that our, our family dynamic is perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but there are things that we tried to give our children that we were not given and still don't fully have as adults are still trying to learn how to not be crippled by the inner critic or toxic shame or, you know, all of the things that kind of keep us from being in, able to engage in conversation fully ourselves. So we're, Todd and I are still trying to work that out. But we did try in the process of learning these things to give these things to our kids. And still, <clears throat> and still it doesn't always go the way that we all want. So I have spent some episodes talking to you about prepping prepping for the holidays, things that you can do inside yourself to make the experience more navigatable for you and potentially less about you trying to survive something and you actually being able to be more fully yourself or as fully as your, yourself as you can be in the environment you are in. <clears throat> and I highly recommend you go back and listen to those because it is helpful. It is helpful to do any kind of prep, even if it doesn't work. And what I mean by that is if we are taking the time to do some reflection, to do some mindfulness, to set up some tools that we have in our back pocket, some things that we can reach for when things get intense or we feel triggered or we we feel attacked, then we can take ourselves out of those situations and give ourselves what we need because we probably are not going to get it from the people that we are around. And also, like I've said many times, we need to be that loving place for ourselves. We need to start with ourselves to give ourselves the love that we want to receive from other people. Yes, we want to get it from other people. We don't want to live in a world where we're not receiving love from other people. And for 
staying differentiated in ourselves, for being able to self-soothe, for being able to take care of our own needs, we have to learn how to do that. And that brings me to what I want to talk about today a little bit more. So you can do all of these things and still have situations that come up that are really difficult to navigate. And maybe you don't respond as your best self and you kind of have to figure out how to come back from that um, after it happens. So I won't go into a lot of detail, but I had to work the day that my son was getting in from L.A. So there was a bunch of stuff that had to happen because we have one car anyway. So my husband picked him up from the airport. They came back home and were hanging out together. And I think I got home about two and a half hours later. You know, and I had just been teaching archery in the freezing cold and the rain. And I had a great time, but I was pretty tired. And probably on some level, without my recognition, I had some FOMO because I wasn't there to pick him up and kind of celebrate him you know, being able to see him after four months of not seeing him. And so I came home and, you know, was doing all the things that I need to do to dry out my equipment and myself. And um, we, what we tried to do to avoid having to do stuff at the end of his trip was to do all the things that parents have to do when their kids are in town. He didn't need a doctor's appointment, but he needed to get a cleaning. And so that was the same day he got into town. And we had last second Christmas stuff to buy. And we also needed to buy all our groceries, all things that we had tried to do before he came into town. And he had to do some stuff, too. So what I'm trying to illustrate is he came into town. I was already running sort of on empty. We had to go do a bunch of stuff. It's a setup. So Todd and I dropped our kids off at the dentist. And we went to race through the grocery store to get the things that we needed. So we don't have to do any more shopping during this break while Zion is here. And Todd and I got into a fight while we were in the checkout line. And then got into the car and tried to resolve the fight. Weren't able to resolve it. So we tabled it. If you don't know what that is, it's a a method of fighting fair where when you can't resolve an issue in the time that you have available to yourself or if you are being triggered or you the the fight is escalating then one of the people in the fight says I want to table this and reschedule pick this up tomorrow at this time. And so that's what I did. I said, we're, you know, a minute from picking up our kids. Um, I don't want to bring this. I don't want to try to do this with them. Let's uh, table it and pick it up in the morning. So we, you know, we said that we had had a, you know, a disagreement, a fight. Um, But for the most part, I was able to just set it to the side, knowing that we would pick it up in the morning and then re-engage so fine everything's fine we come home 
we eat some dinner, you know, we, we play a game. It was fine. I get up the next morning. We have, we pick, Todd and I pick up our fight and work to resolve it. And it was hard. It brought up a lot of very painful things for both of us. But we were able to resolve it. As soon as our, as soon as we're done, I look at my phone and I realize that I am a half an hour late for a spiritual direction appointment with a client. So I've just been crying. Todd's been crying. We're very frazzled, but we've come to a resolution that was amazing. So I quickly text my client and I apologize and I say, if, if you're still free, I am available in five minutes. So I, you know, do some things to try to show up as I want to show up in every spiritual direction appointment I have. So I did some cortisol exercises to release cortisol, which I've taught all of you on here, which is the 25 butterflies fly slaps. I did some deep breathing and I centered and I had my appointment and it was great. And the beautiful thing, this is a side note about spiritual direction, is it is learning from each other. So I get so much out of my appointments with my clients. I probably get almost as much as they do um, because we're learning from each other as we're talking. So I get done with that appointment. I know that we have... um, a big thing that we have to do, which is switch our phones over, which we could not do without our kids in town. So it is our next big appointment and it is supposed to take at least three hours. So I come out of my appointment with my client into the living room. My kids have just gotten up and, you know, we're all talking, trying to figure out what time we have to leave and what we're going to have for breakfast and my son says something incredibly hurtful and I don't respond the way I want to respond. Probably if I would not have been in all those other things, I would have had the wherewithal to go. I don't think you mean what you're saying or that was very hurtful. Can you try that again? Instead, I reacted and just said, what the, what the hell? That was so mean. And I don't think, I'm not saying I reacted wrong because I reacted, you know, in the way I reacted. I had a feeling about it. But then we, all four of us, had an enormous fight. And everybody was hurt. And everybody was trying to resolve it. And it was a very difficult thing to navigate and resolve. And we did, and everybody got held intact, and those that needed to apologize, apologized, and then we went to our three-hour phone-switching-over session and, you know, did the other things that we needed to do, and then Zion had another thing that happened that that was an overdraft that had not been his fault. All this stuff is happening. What I'm trying to illustrate is I prepared. I prepared for my kids to come home. I meditated. I thought about what I wanted. I thought about what, 
you know, the things that I really wanted and the real, realistic, wasn't realistic to think that I was going to get those things. And <clears throat> so, so that thing, like negotiating within myself. And still, things happen. You might be asking yourself at this point, what is the point? <laughs> and I got to say, uh, you know, there were a few times in in this last three days that I was also asking myself, what was the point? What's the point to, of doing the preparation? What's the point of thinking about what you want and what you need and negotiating within yourself and with other people if you still are going to navigate these blow-ups? And I think the point is that... I, let me explain it this way. We are never going to know what we would have done had we not prepared. We are never going to know what our reaction would have been if we had just said, you know, fuck it. I, you know, I'm just going to do it. But we can look at our reaction in light of our preparation. And what I mean by that is I won't know, you know, what my response would have been had I not prepared. But I do know what my response typically is if I don't prepare. And my response typically is to take it because that is like my personality, either to totally explode or to take it. And what I want to be able to do is engage it. And I think the preparation that I did before Christmas and before the holidays actually has helped me be more prepared for these. Am I enjoying it? No. I don't like conflict. I don't want there to be conflict. I want there to be peace. I want there to be magic. I want every single encounter that we have to be fun and you know, meaningful. And that is also not realistic. Um, I'm tired. I think that's my dog. I think some of being tired is, you know, getting the booster. Some of being tired is having been working full stop, um, you know, since spring. Some of being tired is the pandemic and navigating the grief that we're all still trying to navigate while living through it. And some of being tired is dealing with, uh, you know, families that don't necessarily take it seriously, the pandemic, and do the things that they need to do to make it easy for us to be together. Some of being tired is, I never come into... I never come into a Christmas the way that I dream of coming into a Christmas. And what I mean by that, or into a holiday, like Christmas is loaded, so whatever your holiday is. I come into it also as my child self. So that's, that's also something that I'm navigating is I have things that happened to me in my childhood. I have disappointments. I have ways that I was affected. So we're bringing all of this in. I'm bringing all of this in. I'm bringing 
the stuff of childhood. I'm bringing my child self with me everywhere I go. You are bringing the your child self with you everywhere I go. Everywhere. Every you're bringing your child self everywhere I go. You are bringing it with you. We're bringing all of it with us. And so yesterday I spent some time just sitting in my car thinking about that I am kind of now because now we've had a few experiences that were arguments or fights we had to navigate or disappointments like what Zion had with the bank and then Todd had a disappointment of a miscommunication and they're more than disappointments um I was in this stance now that I was not open that I could feel myself kind of protecting my belly or my I guess I'm protecting my child and that isn't necessarily a stance that I want to be in. I want to be open. I want to be not afraid. And I am afraid. I'm afraid of getting hurt. I want to protect myself. And so I want to have you be thinking today about what is your stance? Are you open or are you reactionary? Are you Um, bending down, covering your protective, or trying to protect your most vulnerable places, or are you trying to open up? It isn't right or wrong. It's being reflective about what we are actually doing in the moment. And if we are scrunching up, protecting, why? So take some time and think about why. If I hadn't taken the time to sit and think about why I'm protecting, I would have thought, oh, it's just I don't want another fight. I don't want another conflict. And I sat with myself. It was like three minutes. I sat with myself and I went, oh, this is old. This is still me trying to protect my child self. And what is that about? It's not bad. I might need protecting. My child might need protecting, and that is totally fine. But I also want to be aware of it. I don't want to just go around being led by it. So spend some time thinking, what is my inner stance? Am I protecting? Am I open? Should I be protecting a little bit? Because that's not bad. Or should I be reflecting on why I'm protecting and try to find ways to open up? Once you do that, did I automatically open up and engage and like, ooh, amazing. No, I'm slowly working my way back to an open, more open stance. I don't think it is possible for me at this point in my work to be fully open. And I'm not saying I'm not going to be fully open with my family because we have a good relationship. But because I bring with myself all of the wounds, all of the abuse, sometimes that I'm not aware that I'm dealing with in the moment, I don't know if it's possible for me to be fully open. So I am looking at ways to talk to my child self and just say I'm going to do the best that I can to keep you safe I'm going to avoid the places where you feel most vulnerable and most um, at risk 
you are not at risk with your family, with Todd and Zion and Brennan. You are not at risk with your friends, Tamara, Molly, Natalie and Jess and Crystal and Jeff. You're not at risk with them. So you can risk a little bit more. I want you to be able to look at what's happening at you so you're not constantly um, dodging the punches. Where you're not reflecting or reacting when you could be opening and then scrunching up when... I. Okay, let me say this differently. Sometimes we are reacting when we could be opening and then we are opening when we should be closing a little bit. And when we reflect on what our body is doing, which can take time, it just makes us more a part of the process of ourselves. It just makes us more a process. It, <laughs> I can't even repeat my own self. It makes us a part of our own process. And I want to be a part of the process that I'm going through and not avoid it because of the painful experiences. And there are. And I want the same for you. I want you to be able to be a part of your process. If you do this kind of work ahead of time, you might be able to avoid going to a place that is not safe for you because you went, oh, I, that doesn't feel good, and I can feel my body clinching up when I think about going there. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to decline, or I'm gonna have to get sick. <laughs> By sick, I mean lie. To not go to that place, because I don't want to keep putting my child self in these places where they have to scrunch up and um, just avoid and um, deny and check out to survive. So sometimes we have to make those hard decisions, but if we're spending a little bit of time in the front, then we can navigate it a little more, like I said, us being part of our own process. Also realizing that even if we do all of this work, we will still have conflicts. We will still have people say shitty things to us. We will still have a reaction, but we can maybe have a reaction that is more in line with who we are and who we want to show up as in the world than who we sometimes are when we are just disintegrating and exploding or completely shrinking down. Those are some things to think about. I don't know if you're in the thick of it, like I kind of feel in the thick of it and just wish that, you know, it would snow a lot and I could be safe in my house and not have to do anything, but that's not realistic. I still have to navigate all of the people that I'm around and all of the people that I will be around. I have to navigate the people that I love and I have to navigate total strangers. And I want to do it showing up as fully as myself as I can and as safe. And I want the same for you, for you to be able to show up as fully you as you can, as being as safe as you can and not having to scrunch up and protect. You will have to do a little 
of that, but I want you to do less of it. I want me to do less of it because I want us to be able to relax. And I'm really tired because scrunching up and protecting is exhausting. So please take care of yourself. Go to the bathroom and do some cortisol releasers. Breathe, walk the dog, take a hot bath, a hot shower, take time for yourself. You are allowed to do that. If you feel like you can't, you can take three minutes. That's how we get through. And that's how we not only get through, but survive and maybe even come out the other end more of ourselves with more understanding of who we are and who the people in our lives are. Remember who you are. You are worth knowing. You are worth loving. You are worth being in this world. Take care, everybody. Happy holidays.